We're in the midst of a series I've entitled, Are We Aware? This morning I'm going to be speaking on, Are We Aware That The Lord Is Speaking To Us? Are We Aware That The Lord Is Speaking To Us? And and I'm going to pick up uh, where I left off last week with the life of Jacob. And Jacob is a time of transition in his life. And he's estranged from his family. And he's really, uh, you know, come about the blessing and uh, the birthright in a really inappropriate way. And uh, he's he's fulfilled his name, Jacob, as a, as a supplanter, as a deceiver, as a heel grabber. And and he's gotten what he, he wants, but uh, he hasn't. He hasn't got what he really needs yet. And uh, no matter how many times we grasp or grab or, or try to find fulfillment in this world or, or through an inheritance or through a birthright or, or something along those lines, uh, you know, there's still a longing in the heart and the soul of every human being to have a relationship with the living God. And I like to think of it in a very simplistic way as we were made by God for God. And until we understand that, then we begin to try to find what we're looking for in so many inappropriate ways and so many inappropriate places or relationships. And Jacob was that kind of individual. I mean, if we would say he had character, we wouldn't say he has noble character. We would say that he lacks character. And now he's at this place, even though he's grown up in the faith and you have Abraham and you have Isaac. So he's got a grandfather who's the father of faith, Isaac, who followed his 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 father's example. And now you have Jacob. And here it is. He's he's out in the wilderness and we're going to pick up in the 13th verse. And it says, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it here. God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, even though he is speaking to Jacob. And even though his his grandfather had faith and his father had faith, it didn't mean that it was going to be transferred and become automatic in Jacob. We have to remember that God doesn't have great-grandchildren or grandchildren. He has children. And so even though he had house, the faith was in his household, it hadn't become his faith yet. It was his grandfather's and his father's, but it hadn't transformed or changed him up until this time. And when he awoke, which is a very, very significant moment in anyone's life, when you awaken to the reality that God is speaking and God is speaking to you personally, then your life is changed. It is transformed. It's no longer my father has a testimony and my grandfather has a testimony. You get your testimony. You get your story of you and God. And he was saying, I, I, I didn't even know. I was completely blind and unaware that God was talking to me until that moment that he awoke. And when he awoke, boy, things began to transpire in his life. And 
the conversation that he had with the Lord is really an intimate and beautiful conversation. And you can continue to read that on your own. Now I want to read out of uh, 1 Samuel, if you would uh, find that portion of scripture. Samuel is a young man. He is uh, destined to become the first prophet of the nation of Israel. His wife, his, uh, his mother was Hannah. And uh, she uh, she was barren and she cried out to the Lord and the Lord answered her prayer and she conceived. And one of the conditions that she she cried out to the Lord about was, if you give me a man child, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you for your services. And, and what a test that was, because God heard her cry, understood what she was offering accepted the offering, answered her prayer, she became pregnant, and then don't you know the moment of testing came when she had to present that young child to Eli, the priest, and leave him there and walk away? What a test that would be. How many of us, you know, cry out to the Lord and make promises? God, if you do this, I'll do that. If you answer my prayer, I'll respond in this way. If you do something for me, I'll do anything for you. And he's gracious and responds And sometimes, do we walk away and forget to make good on our promises, on what we were offering unto the Lord? But Hannah didn't. She brought her son Samuel before the Lord. Now he's being raised by the priest and in and around the things of God. And we'll pick up in chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was laying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was still lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and he lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant here. So Samuel went and he lay down in this place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. It's interesting that even though uh, Samuel was around the things of God and around the man of God, he had never encountered God himself. And even though God was talking to him, you would, you would think that maybe he would be able to distinguish the difference between Eli's voice and more of an authoritative voice or more of a voice that, that was new and maybe even unfamiliar. But you know, in his youthfulness and in his innocence and childlikeness, uh, you know, he went 
And uh, he talked to the priest. He said, Eli, Eli, you're, you're calling me. You're calling me. What is it? What is it? And, and Eli, realizing after the, the third time that the Lord was dealing with this young man, said, all right, this is how I want you to respond. The next time if the Lord calls, just respond that I'm your servant and here I am. Lord, speak to me. Now, I think it's interesting, both in the life of Jacob and in the life of Samuel, they did not initially recognize God speaking. And so it is with us many times. We, we learn after the fact. We learn from others. And, and we learn when we, we come uh, to a place of, of greater awareness or understanding. But usually the first time the Lord begins to knock on the door of our heart, I mean, we don't open. I mean, there are some that do, but for a majority of us, he just kept knocking and knocking and, and he was persistent. And through his persistence, we realized the Lord is dealing with us. The Lord is talking to us. And so when I, when I'm, I'm mentioning, you know, are we aware that God is speaking to us? Uh, you know, I think that Sometimes we just think of it as, well, you know, maybe that's indigestion, maybe it's a dream, maybe it's just, you know, a, a lack of sleep, and, and, and maybe, you know, I'm just hearing voices, but I, I don't know if I could actually categorize that as God himself. I, I, I'm not quite sure. And, uh, but if we'll maintain an openness and a pliableness about us, then, and begin to inquire and, and, begin to learn more about how God does speak to us. And I think in the end, most of us have realized this. You know, at first, I didn't know God was speaking to me until after all of these things began to happen. I realized God was dealing with me. I'll give you a short testimony. When I was 13, I responded to the invitation to receive Christ. But that wasn't the first time I heard about Jesus Christ and about my need for a Savior. That began many years earlier through the witness of my uncle. My uncle, who was my favorite uncle, the uncle that got kicked out of three colleges, let me ride a motorcycle without a helmet, took me on every roller coaster I liked, let me shoot a BB gun without my mom's permission, took me down to the river and let me hunt snakes. This is the uncle that came to Jesus. And when he came to Jesus, he was the only, on my mom's side, my he was the only boy and there were five girls. So you can imagine the drama that he grew up with. And uh, so being around all that, he was fun. He was our favorite, uh, you know, and and he came to Jesus. And what a change. He started holding a job, went back to school and finished his education he started asking my mom for permission to take me on dangerous adventures. Rats, why did he do that? And uh, because my mother, thinking of my longevity, would say, Mike, I just don't think that's a good idea. Oh, sorry, Doug, we can't go this time. But he started sharing the gospel with me. He started sharing about Jesus Christ changed his life. It wasn't the church. He started going to church. He started attending worship, but it was the man Christ Jesus that changed his life. It was the understanding and the revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that trans, that just absolutely, you know, was amazing. But it wasn't until several years later, after that initial seed had been planted, that through the course of that time, others watered it, but then it bore fruit. And in September, of 1976, 
I responded as a 13-year-old to the invitation of an FCA coach in my school. And I welcomed Jesus into my life. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It took a few times for me to hear it in order for it to be my faith, my relationship with Jesus, my conversion, my testimony. And so it is with many others. We'll look at one more example in Acts chapter 9, beginning in the first verse. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if uh, if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? We know that voice now is the voice of the Lord. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads or against the pricks. We would say it's hard for you to butt your head against the wall or kick the wall. And so, trembling and astonished, um, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So we can see both in the life of Jacob and And Samuel and Saul, they were unaware of the Lord speaking unto them until several things happened. Number one, I put in your notes, they were personally awakened. They were personally awakened. This was God coming to them. This was God revealing himself to them. To be awakened means that someone is aroused from a slumber or a sleep. And in scripture, it can be physical sleep. But in each of these situations, when it says all of them awoke or awakened or came to a revelation of something. It's talking about emotional awakening and something that happens in their mind. They were aware of it. It also is something that's interesting. It's talking about a spiritual awakening or coming to the realization that spiritual things are real that spiritual things precede natural things and eternal things are greater than temporal things. And this awakening took place in them in a moment of time. In a moment of time, they went from darkness to light, from being confused to being at peace, to being fearful, to being people of faith. It happened that quick. The things of God are so powerful and so real that when someone who is walking the path of selfishness or sinfulness encounters the light of God, the darkness disappears immediately and that person is made new. So they were awakened. They were awakened. Ephesians 5.14 The Apostle Paul is quoting in the Old Testament, and he was saying, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. When we're we're awakened, something begins to happen. We become aware of what's going on around us. Jacob said this. He said, 
God is in this place. He, he wasn't aware of God up until that time. He was trying to figure it out and do it all on his own. He wasn't relying on the Lord. He was independent. He was not relying and submitted or surrendered to Christ or to God in any way whatsoever. He was just living his life the way that he believed that he should live his life, regardless of the damage and the collateral damage it caused. Until he was awakened, the moment he was awakened, he became aware God is in this place. Do you have a testimony like that? God is in this place in your life. Can you remember a time, a place where you made a decision for God because God awakened you to who he really was? I like that that God told Jacob, I am, I'm the father of your grandfather and of your father. But he didn't say, I'm your God yet. Jacob had to make that decision. You know, you and I have to make that decision. We have to make that choice. And I love this, that that Samuel realized God was calling his name. He was aware God's calling me. It wasn't Eli. It wasn't the priest. It, it, it wasn't some minister. It was God calling me. Let me let me remind everyone in here that God knows your name and he calls you by name. And whatever he calls you to do is holy because he's holy. Wherever he places your hand on to anoint you, you're anointed and grace to do it. And God needs ministers, sons and daughters in the marketplace to shake up the marketplace for his glory. He needs people in entertainment and arts and athletics. He, he needs people in the educational system. God has a place and a call for each and every one of us within the purpose of his will. And I want you to know that whether it's, you know, serving our community through law enforcement or first responders or being an educator or just working hard with your hands and being a welder or someone who oversees and manages, no matter what, we need to do it as unto the Lord. But that only happens and only occurs when we realize God knows me, has called me and has something for me to do for him. He has somewhere for you to go, someone to minister and something to do. And for those who are no longer, you know, vocationally active in the marketplace, you're still alive. So God's still using you. There's multitudes of people that you can impact. Here's a little caveat. When I was in Bible school, they had a lot of different options as far as to gather in small groups before the morning worship hour. I mean, Lots. It was a campus church, so there was dozens and dozen, dozens of options for small groups. And I went to the one that was age appropriate for a few weeks. And this is what I came to understand. They don't know any more than I do. The reason is, is they were my age and we only had common experiences in life. So I went and hung out with the, with the married class of the forties to sixties. That, that's what, that became my group. And the reason that I chose that group is I had one day, I had a desire within me one day to be married. They were married so they could help me with that. Secondly, they were like hanging out with cool old people. Do you know what I mean? I mean, these, these people love God. They, they had a, they had a marriage. They had some things going on. They'd had children. They had, some of them had children that were my age. They could relate to where I was. They could give me counsel. And here's a third option. They had money to take me out to eat. <laughs> That's a big deal when you're in Bible school. I mean, they had money to take me out to eat and they had money to buy me clothes. I mean, 
because they required that I, that I wear a sport coat and slacks and a shirt and a tie. And so some of them said, let's take you to Dillard's. You were wearing that same shirt and that same tie as long as we've known you. And I said, amen, that sounds like a good thing to me. No, I, I want to encourage you that when God talks to you, your company and the people that you begin to get counsel from does change. It, it just does. And I love that Saul stopped fighting God and, uh, and the fighting, you know, ended. It, he thought he was actually, you know, defending and standing up for God. And he found out that he was not the ally of God. So secondly, I, uh, thirdly, I put in there, you know, being aware will lead, uh, led to a willingness. This is the brokenness. This is the contrition. This is where, you know, godly sorrow shows up in our life. That, wow, I mean, I've lived so much of my life and I've never acknowledged God. And yet God broke through in my understanding. He awoke me to his the reality that he knows me. I became aware that he's been with me, that he's for me. I start responding to him. And, it, and, it, and for me, there was a... Uh, a recognizable change because I, I now, you know, was more aware that there's more to life than just what Doug wants and the way he wants it and when he wants it. And that took place with Jacob. He made a vow and made a commitment because he became willing in his heart. All vows and commitments that are going to actually be fulfilled just come from that place of willingness. You know, if we do it out of duty or obligation, we're probably going to get weary and tired and we're not going to fulfill our commitment. But when we're willing and say, oh, God, you, you've been here. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. There was just a willingness in Jacob. There was a willingness in Samuel to accept the mantle to be the first prophet of the nation of Israel. Do you know what they do to prophets? You know what people do to prophets? They kill them. That's what they do to prophets. Because prophets are bound and and committed to speak on God's behalf. And not a lot of people in that day in Israel wanted to hear what God had to say. Now, Samuel, Samuel outlasted those that wanted to stone him and those that wanted to end his life. But there is and there was a tremendous risk in him taking that step. And accepting the call of God on his life and preparing himself to be a mouthpiece for the nation of Israel. But there was a willingness to do that, a willingness for the glory of God. There was a willingness in Saul where he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? I think that's beautiful. Then this willingness led to a life of faith, this life of faith. What a great life that is, the life of faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. I mean, this walk, this this stroll with God, this day in and day out life that he's given unto us. Jacob, Jacob, as a result of his life of faith, began to worship. He was reconciled to his family and he began to honor God with his resources and money. You can read about that in Genesis 28. Samuel fulfilled the call, fulfilled the call on his life. And you can read about the latter days of Samuel. If you read First Samuel, you get to chapter 25, and the first verse just talks about, and the last day of, of, I mean, of Samuel came, and how the whole nation mourned for him. And some of the things that the Lord asked him to do were very challenging. I mean, go talk to the kings. 
I mean, tell one king, he had to go tell Saul that the spirit of the Lord has left you and that you're no longer fit to serve. That would be a very challenging thing to do. And yet, you know, he fulfilled and was faithful to his generation because there was a willingness within him to keep his hand to the plow and not to let go, not to veer to the right or to the left. And then I think this this life of faith that each and every one of these men displayed and Saul and his expressions of faith, he was that chosen vessel to take God's name to the Gentiles, to the kings and to the children of Israel. And he fulfilled that call because he was willing. This life of faith led to fulfilling God's will. So Jacob was added to the lineage and we now know There's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob's name was changed to what? Israel. And through the nation of Israel, Jesus came into the world. So through this covenant with a grandfather transitioned to Isaac, transitioned generationally to Jacob, then onward and going forward, Jesus Christ was born. For Samuel to fulfill the will of God, he was faithful in all that God had asked him to do, no matter how hard it was and no matter what his personal opinion or ideas were. And then, of course, we see for Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, these great words that he talked about in Philippians chapter three, that I ran my race, I fulfilled my call and there's laid up for me a crown of glory. Not only for me, but all of those who love the appearing of the Lord. So he fulfilled all that God put within him. He went to the Gentiles. He's the first missionary. This man had such zeal and such knowledge and such fear and reverence and love for the God, for God that he, he put himself in harm's way many times. Second Corinthians chapter 11 talks about all the sufferings that he encountered for the Lord's sake. But he was willing, and through that willingness, he was obedient, and he fulfilled the will of God. Even in one town in Derby, what a tough group of people. I mean, took him outside of the city, stoned, left him for dead. Believers came, gathered around him. He was resurrected. He went back into the city for the people that were licking their chops that thought they had just killed him and presented Jesus unto them again. Don't you know that there were many converted that day? They wanted to know, because when... when The Jewish people stoned somebody. They made sure that all the air was out of their lungs. So when they left him for dead and he came back from the dead and he talked about Jesus, many of them went from death to life that day. So the Lord is speaking to us. The Lord is speaking to us. Fulfilling God's will was the result, was the result of hearing God speak. The the way that they fulfilled God's will was they figured out God had a will for them. Do Do you understand how important that is, that you realize that God is speaking to you? It says in the book of Hebrews that in various ways and at various times, God spoke unto the forefathers. But in these last days, he's speaking unto us by his son, Jesus Christ. Do you understand the significance of that verse, that Jesus is God speaking to us? That Jesus is God speaking to us. 
So if you haven't read the red letters in your Bible recently, can I encourage you, read the red letters. If you just started reading the red letters through the Gospels, what a significant difference that's going to make in you understanding, oh, that's God speaking to me. And you might even come to this place. God has been talking to me all the while, and yet I didn't know him. But now I know it. Just like Jacob didn't know God was in that place. He came to a place of knowing that. Just like Samuel was unaware that God was calling him, or Saul thought he was doing the work of God, didn't know he was against or fighting the ways of God. We become awakened when we hear the words of our Savior. Next week, I'm going to continue this message, and I'm going to get into some more of the specifics as far as how you can actually personally identify God speaking to you. Each and every one of these are somewhat dramatic experiences. Would you agree with that? And I don't think that we should seek an experience. I think in seeking God, you will have plenty of testimonies and experiences But we don't seek an experience, we seek Him. And we don't seek Him just to have a testimony, we seek Him so that we may find Him. And in finding Him, we find eternal life. We find everything that we need. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641 828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.